Welcome to the podcast of Central Church. This is our latest weekly message. Hey everyone, great to uh, have you here in church on Father's Day. I have to still remember to ring my dad, so um, isn't that terrible? Uh, Yeah, but it's, you know... It's not very good. I should have rung him first thing, but I <laughs> I will ring my dad today, this afternoon. Um, we are through the month of September, just going to be talking a bit about prayer, um, coming out of, you know, the, the disciples say to Jesus, Jesus, teach us to pray. And I often think about that statement and think it's not that the disciples didn't know how to pray, like they were Jewish people. They had a life of prayer and you know, but they obviously saw something in the um, connection that Jesus had with God that they they wanted to learn from, and I I certainly feel like that in my life. That a lot of the the thing that I would feel in me is like God teach me how to pray, um, because prayer really is one of the foundational faith practices that we have um, in communicating and connecting with with God. And, um, but it's not, it's, it's, it's not always easy. And I am not by any stretch of the imagination a robust prayer in the traditional sense. Um, and as my faith over the years has gone through, you know, a process of unraveling and reimagining, I've had to find ways in which I can pray and speak faithfully to God that still connect with where I felt like I'm at. And so, you know, just this week and next week, really, we're going to just talk about just a couple of different kinds of prayer that I found helpful over the last couple of years in terms of having a few extra practices, prayer practices in my spiritual toolbox, you could say, so that as I'm living life and journeying with God, I have a a wealth of things to draw from in order to connect. And so prayer really um, is as simple as desiring God. Um, In the newsletter at the end when I talked about this, I I shared a quote from Sister Wendy who was a contemplative um, recluse who spent her life praying. And she said that if we truly seek God, everything is prayer. And I've actually come to know that the truth of that, that actually all of life is prayer. Because we are living, in him we live and move and have our being. We are living in the very presence of God. Therefore, as we live, we're connecting. And that's prayer. So it's as simple as knowing that all of life is prayer. And prayer is actually as complex as realising you're trying to connect and communicate with holy mystery which nobody can explain or understand. And so it's as simple and as complex as we can imagine it to be. Um, Prayer is an act and an expression of our faith. And I have discovered that prayer is a really worthy container for my doubts because I have had plenty of them and I found prayer to be an okay place to launch them at God. And there are so many... Uh, different ways to pray and by no means are we going to even 
touch the surface of all the creativity we could find in prayer, but we will pick up a few things. And what I've come to realise is there's actually no one-size-fits-all approach to praying. Um, in fact, what feels incredibly life-giving and vibrant to one person may feel as dry as biscuits to another. And actually, the way you prayed when you were 10, 15, 25 years of age may be radically different from how you're praying today. We need different things at different stages of our life. Prayer is flexible and robust enough to grow with us as we grow. And while there might be some things that feel great at one point in our life, later on they might feel empty and meaningless. But that doesn't mean they are empty and meaningless. It just means that prayer shifts and changes with us as we grow. Um, and we need to, you know, just remember that across our lifetime, prayer will look and feel differently. And that's okay. It's okay if at a previous point in your life, you felt like you've had mountaintop experiences of deep connection with God. That's fabulous. It's also okay if you're walking through a valley of boredom and emptiness and silence, that's okay too because prayer covers all things. There is no right or wrong. There's only prayer. Um, Ronald Rollheiser, who's a great spiritual writer, says this, The saints and the great spiritual writers have always said there is only one non-negotiable rule for prayer show up, show up regularly. You know, when we pray, really the, the best thing is just keep showing up to prayer. Keep showing up to God. Keep showing up when it feels like something's happening. Keep showing up when it feels like nothing is happening. Show up when you feel connected. Show up when you feel empty. Pray when you've got the words to pray. Pray when you've got nothing to say. But we just keep praying. And I say that as someone who hasn't always shown up regularly to pray. <laughs> but I'm still here and I'm still attempting to pray. So that counts for something, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> and so tonight, um, or this afternoon, I want to just speak really briefly about praying with liturgy or praying liturgically. Um, and we're not just going to talk about it, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to practice it and see how it feels for you. When I say praying with liturgy or praying liturgically, some of you might be like, I know exactly what that is. I've grown up in liturgical traditions. I'm very familiar with the Book of Common Prayer or other prayer books or praying the hours. And others of you might be like, I've never heard of this before. This is strange. Um, however it is, you know, I don't know what your history is, but um, I have found that using liturgy or using ancient prayers of our tradition to help me pray has been incredibly life-giving over the last couple of years. But I didn't grow up with liturgy. So I just want to acknowledge that if you've grown up in a church where liturgy was part of it, you may feel good about that or you may feel triggered by that. And both can be valid. So I just want to acknowledge that hearing me say, talking about praying liturgically might be, what is she talking about? But anyway, we'll get there. Um, okay, let me read out this quote from Tish Harrison Warren. This is one of those quotes that I feel like I could have written this, not as beautifully as she did, but this captures so much of how 
I have felt about prayer. Um, Let me read it to you. For most of church history, Christians understood prayer not primarily as a means of self-expression or an individual conversation with the divine, but as an inherited way of approaching God, a way of wading into the ongoing stream of the church's communion with him. For most of my life, I didn't know there were different kinds of prayer. Prayer meant one thing only, talking to God with words I came up with. Prayer was wordy, unscripted, self-expressive, spontaneous and original. And I still pray this way every day. But I've come to believe that in order to sustain faith over a lifetime, we need to learn different ways of praying. Prayer is a vast territory with room for silence and shouting, for creativity and repetition, for original and received prayers, for for imagination and reason, and for simply being with God. Over a lifetime, the enthusiasm of our belief will wax and wane. This is a normal feature of the life of faith. Inherited prayers and practices of the church tether us to belief far more securely than our own changing perspective or self-expression. That has that really captures how I feel like I believe about faith, like prayer. I was given um, a way of praying in the tradition I grew up in that was simply just pray. Like, and everything I, I, I made it up. I came up with it. It was my words. There was no words given to me. I was just told to pray. And I was told the more spontaneous and heartfelt you were, the, the better it was. And so full confession, I remember going to like ecumenical prayer meetings and you, you know, you'd have a series of people get up and pray. And then I'd see the people who would get up and read the prayer that they'd written. And I would be like, you know, and then you'd get the one like, you know, <laughs> person get up who would just, who would just, you know, close their eyes and they, they just start speaking out of their heart. And, you know, and that, and I was like, oh, that's the right kind of prayer. I, full, full confession, I would have absolutely judged. And I have absolutely judged people's prayer, thinking that the self-expressive, off-the-cuff, make-it-up-on-the-spot prayer was holy and meaningful, and anything pre-written or pre-scripted was dry as biscuits. And I, that, that is a, a revelation of my character <laughs> more than anything that it says about prayer. This is what Stanley Howell says. Um, Evangelicalism, in other words, modern Christianity, um, is constantly under the burden of reinventing the wheel. And you just get tired. Speaking of practising the prayer offices or praying liturgy, he says, we don't have to make it up. We know we're going to say these prayers. 
We know we're going to join in reading the Psalms. We know we're going to have these scripture readings. There's much to be said for Christianity as repetition. And I think evangelicalism doesn't have enough repetition in a way that will form Christians to survive in a world that constantly tempts us to always think we have to do something new. And so I think this is really important. And this is what praying liturgically can offer us. It offers us repetition. It offers us a way to pray where it's not made up by us, but it's grounded in history and, you know, the... The, 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 the traditions of our faith, the words that people have said to God over time. I have come to understand that praying liturgically is like, um, like liturgy is like trellis. You know trellis in a garden? Um, it's what a plant can grow up. Now, liturgy is just the structure upon which my life can grow. Is the liturgy alive or dead? It doesn't matter. But it gives me a way in which to pray that I'm not just having to make it up as I go. It gives me structure. It gives me form. It gives me something to cling on to. Um, Another way of thinking about it is like liturgy is like a map that points me in the right direction to the way of Jesus. It's not the way itself, but it is a map to the way And when I don't know how to pray, when I don't know what to say, and when I don't even know what I believe, having some liturgy to mark the way and map my course is really helpful because it takes away the burden of me having to make it up as I go and thinking that I've always got to have something new to say. Liturgy helps me pray things I wouldn't think of in any given moment. And it offers me the gift of reorienting me towards God. In in this sense, liturgy is formational. Brian Zahn says, As long as you are in charge of your own praying, you will never see the world significantly different than you do. Prayer is not persuading God to do our bidding, Prayer is about coming to see the world through God's eyes of love. So when I talk about praying liturgically, I guess primarily this is a kind of prayer that's formational. As in, I'm praying liturgically not to give God my shopping list of things that I want, but I'm speaking to God because I know that in that he's forming my very soul. In the words that I say, something is going on that's helping me grow towards the likeness of Jesus. Brian Zahn goes on to, he he talks a lot about liturgical prayer and I've been really grateful for his voice as I've journeyed my own journey. But he says this, he says, angry people pray angry prayers and anxious people pray anxious prayers. Like we, if we're left to our own devices, we actually just pray out of whatever's inside here, even if what's inside here is kind of unhelpful and toxic. It just ends up as a, you know, an, an endless stream of consciousness out into the world. And that can be incredibly unhelpful, especially if you're spiralling. 
Like if you're spiralling in anxiety and then you think of praying and then your prayers are just an endless stream of consciousness of your anxiety, that's not helpful for getting you off the track. If you're angry and you're just spewing out angry prayers, it's not actually that helpful, even though there is a place for us actually to just launch everything outwards towards God. But I've discovered that actually praying prayers, set prayers, written prayers, prayers that have been given to me through the great tradition of faith actually gives me a way to like press pause on everything that's happening and reorient myself towards God. Brian Zahn goes on to say, liturgy can be the stretcher that carries us to God when we can't get there on our own, either because of pain or injury, doubt, darkness, or the honest truth that we're not sure if prayer even makes a difference. Liturgy can be the stretcher that carries us to God. And I would have to say, um, for me personally, that if I did not discover how to pray liturgically, um, my faith may not have survived because the way of praying that I inherited in the tradition I grew up in was not, has not been enough to sustain me through the complexity of life. Just that free form, pray whatever you feel, has not been enough because quite frankly, I've gone for long stretches of time where I felt nothing or I felt nothing good. And so it's just given me no ground to anchor myself in. But as I've discovered liturgy, I found a way that over a cup of coffee in the morning, I can sit and just be with God and find a trellis to grow up. It's given me words to say that I wouldn't think of saying, but words I need to say. It's given me a space that I, I don't know where I'm at, but actually those two words together, that's life for me today and that's enough. And so that, this is what sort of praying liturgically has given me. And, you know, this is another thing that Brian Zahn constantly says, when you can't pray, say your prayers. That's, I love that. When you cannot pray, say your prayers. That's enough. There's a lot of times when we feel like we cannot pray, but we can say our prayers. We can find a way to still connect with God. So, I mean, all of this is just like another nice way of talking about prayer unless we practice it. And um, the, really I've discovered that it's in the practicing of praying liturgically that I've found the life. Not in any one moment, not in any one sitting, not in any one prayer, but as I've picked up bits and pieces along the way and made it part of my spiritual life. Now, I don't pray liturgically every day, although I do pray every day. I might pick it up um, once or twice a week. Or sometimes if I'm really struggling, I might do it more regularly. I dip in and I dip out and I do this kind and I do that kind because I get bored really easily. And so if I'm saying the same thing all the time, I will just go, like, I will just be bored and I'll give up. So I've, I need creativity. So I've, this has been something that I've 
you know, played with in my spiritual life and it's given me life. So I want to offer liturgical prayer to you this afternoon as a really valid tool in your prayer toolbox. It might sound weird, it might feel weird, but I want to encourage you to give it a go. And we are going to do that right now. Um, and I don't want anyone to freak out because I'm going to give you enough options. And here, here at Central, we want people to, be, to feel safe, we want people to not be swamped or triggered or put in an uncomfortable position. So if any of the options I give to you tonight feel too much, I give you full permission to leave and just like, this is your church, you're done now, five to five and you can go home. That's fine, okay, because I want you to feel like whatever you do here in this space is okay for you. Um, so I have got um, a couple of different options just for you to, I'm going to give you some liturgy to go and pray and see how it feels for you. Now it is a glorious evening, the sun is setting over the escarpment and my recommendation is take a chair and go sit outside or sit on the grass outside. I'm going to give you some liturgy, I'm going to give you about 15 minutes and I just invite you to pray it. Now you don't have to pray it out loud. Um, saying liturgy is as easy as reading. Um, you can just read it. You can read it slowly. You can read it quickly. You can read all of it. You can read two lines of it. It really doesn't matter. It's actually just about finding a bit of trellis for your life to kind of anchor on this afternoon. And that will look differently for all of us. So Luke is actually going to do something with you youth because this is probably all a bit weird for you and that's okay, but he's going to just do something that's perhaps a little bit more grounded and may or may not be interesting, but at least it'll give you something to do for 15 minutes. Not Luke, I mean like the, <laughs> the prayer. So the youth, you can be covered. Now what I've got is... Um, Coming, I've got a, one of my favourite liturgy books is this one. It's called Prayers at Twilight. It's got a different uh, simple liturgy for every evening, one for each day of the week. And each day has a different theme. Um, work, quiet, presence, conversation, beauty, um, hospitality and wholeness. I really love this book. It's a, whoops, it's, the language is slightly flowery, but you know, you can, you know, you can take or leave it. You might like flowers. So out of that, I have just printed two different ones. I've got a liturgy of beauty, which is all about beauty, seeing beauty. Um, so that's one. And I've got a liturgy of conversation, which is just about conversation, both with God and people. So I've got those two to offer you to come and take and just read and enjoy. The other one I have on offer is something a little bit more traditional. So these are a little bit more modern, like they are written prayers, but they're modern. This is a little bit more traditional in terms of what um, a prayer liturgy might look like. Um, and so if you want to try something a little bit more, that's sort of probably more in line with the the prayer language of our tradition. You can give this one a go. I've got less copies of this because, I don't know, maybe that says something about what I think you'll like. The other option I have is if anyone doesn't want to do this alone, because like the word liturgy actually means the work of the people. 
So liturgy is about the people of God praying to God together. And if anyone's like, I really don't want to go and sit outside on my own or sit in the corner on my own and read something, you just want to be with a group of people and say some liturgy together, I've got the conversation liturgy printed out so that anyone who wants to do it in a group, we can do it together in a group. So if you want to do the group one, maybe just loiter down here or come and get the white sheet. Cream sheet is beauty. Green sheet is conversation. Blue one is um, traditional. So you've got 15 minutes. You may not get through it all, but I want you to go try. Go pray. Go say your prayers. Um, Go and enjoy. You don't have to love it. You can hate it. And then you can come back in and say, thanks, no thanks. That's not a way that I like to pray. And now you know. So it's just about an experiment and it's about practicing something different. Sound okay? All right. I'll, I'll, I'll round you up. Um, feel free to stay in the building. Feel free to leave. Feel free to sit out front on the grass, take a chair. You can go for a wander. Luke will do the go up the back with the kids. And if you want to say it in a group, come and hang with me. Does anyone want to share anything that, anything at all? What it felt like? What was good about it? What was terrible about it? Um, yeah, does anyone have any, any thoughts or anything they'd like to share? Justin. Um, the liturgy of beauty refers to God as artist in residence and that just struck me because like you can go to places where there's a resident artist that will do stuff and it's like God's just there making beautiful things every day and most of the time we don't see it but there's just that yeah that cool thing and then yeah to ask you to pray for someone who's a struggling artist and my youngest son just finished his trials, barely got through it. It's, it's just really tough being in year 12. But his big thing is art. And so all of a sudden I prayed for him as an artist. And I wouldn't have ever done that before that way. So it's just it just teases those things out with its trestle. <laughs> yeah, this, this is the thing. Would, has anyone ever prayed to God as artist in residence? <laughs> no, because like that's not a work. But to sit with liturgy and be like, I've just named God a new name. And yes, is that not what he is? Is it like, that's enough to fill your day. And I, I agree, like that one for me, like when it invites you to pray for struggling artists, I'd be like, I would never think to pray for a struggling artist. Would you? But like the invitation, the prompt, the taking me out of myself and into just some other space. And I, I, know, I know several artists. They might be struggling or not. I don't know. But like to pray the creativity of God into their life is something that just like it's the trellis that I grow up. Like, oh, I'm... anyway, anyone else want to share something? Derek. Um, my friend Zach with YWAM, um, we've been talking about prayer a lot recently and he was sharing with me about um, the word ecclesia, which I think is like the Greek word for church in the New Testament. Anyways, like it's this idea of like if two Roman citizens were somewhere in agreement together, like the Roman government backs them with that agreement. And anyways, I, it's a bit new to me, so I, I still need to like learn more about it. But I just 
really loved doing the liturgy with people. And I just really found like in reading that out together, it's like, I don't know, there's something special about that. Like when two or three are gathered, like Jesus is with you. And um, yeah, I just really loved reading that out with, together with people. Yeah, I really enjoyed the group one as well. And um, I noticed two things that you're um, like on a train, you, you've got to stick with the pace of everyone else. So you've either got to keep up, like I missed that bit, I want to go back, but no, I've got to keep going. Um, but conversely, you don't just sort of drift off and, you know, waft away and sort of get stuck. You, there's a there's fresh stuff coming up and it's it's shared together and it that was um great yeah loved it anyone else you need a negative counterbalance yeah, comment to, i just hearing you guys praying out loud together in unison triggers me oh, i just yeah just uncomfortable uh, uh, recollections of of saying rote prayers without really meaning or understanding for me um yeah Yeah. i don't know that i want to say any more than that i think that that's a really valid thing if you have spent time in liturgical spaces that have driven you nuts and made you think yeah, then, then, it, then I recognise it can be triggering. And that's why there is no one-size-fits-all and what might bring life to one person can be terrible for another. That's why there's so many ways to pray. So I think that's really valid to hold. And, you know, as, of course, we want to pray in spaces that feel life-giving and comfortable. And so if this isn't one of them, you should just put it in your nah box. Like, you nah thanks but nah and you just put it in your nah box you can get you can open your nah box out later on if you want and get it back out but it's very valid to just have a little pocket in your brain called the nah box um now young people yeah i'm not gonna embarrass anyone but anthea what prayer did um no i'm not gonna what prayer did you did luke make you pray did a bit of prayer of saint patrick Prayer of St. Patrick. Does anyone know the prayer of St. Patrick? I rise today. Yeah, so we only gave them a little bit because it's a quite a long and fruity prayer. Um, but it says, you know, part of it is like, Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ in the heart, like that, that, that. Do you know people faithful christians have been praying that prayer to god for centuries there is something to be said about praying ancient prayers of gravitas that you join in the communion of saints as you pray this is not like the prayer i've made up this is the prayer that people have petitioned god with for hundreds of years. I love that feeling of being anchored in a rich soil of the great tradition and then bringing it up into today and what it means to me. And so I think that's another kind of like gift. All right, I want to finish up so I'm not like prattling on about something that I am quite passionate about and I do very much love. Um, if If you are interested in this, um, I 
There are, there are a couple of different ways you can go. I have one copy of this book you could buy off me. I can buy more. You're not stealing my other one. Um, I, I have other resources. If you, like if you go, I really enjoy this, I'd like to explore it. I think it might help my faith life, but I have no idea where to begin. Come and talk to me about it and I can point you in some right directions. You're looking for um, prayer liturgies. This one is Every Moment Holy. has got lots of great little prayers in it. The other thing you might be looking for is something called a book of hours. So praying the hours is another way of the people have prayed historically. So that means you pray at certain times of the day and you pray different prayers at different times of the day. Now there's all different kinds of book of hours. This is a Thomas Merton one. So someone has taken the words, the prayers and the poetry of Thomas Merton and they've arranged it seven days a week, dawn, day, dusk and dark. And so depending on when you're praying, you're like, well, it's Sunday and it's dusk. So you turn to Sunday at dusk and you just pray the prayer and you're praying. So you're like, there's lots of these. And it's so it's easy. Not, I would never do this every day, four times a day. Um, I might do this once a week, <laughs> one time a day. But it's, a, it's like a part of, it's like an, does that mean? Anyway, I could go on because I do dearly love this and I feel passionate about it. But let me finish so we can all go and have dinner. So let me pray. Unscripted, conversational prayer. Don't know what I'm saying, God, but we just echo the words of Jesus's disciples. Teach us to pray. God, we acknowledge that sometimes it feels like we know how to pray and our life, prayer life is rich and abundant. And sometimes we're bored and angry and full of doubt. And so we want to be able to bring all of that to you in faithfulness, in truth and in honesty. So teach us to pray. Would you help us to know that all of life is prayer and whether we're saying words or keeping silent, that you are with us, that we are in you and you are always praying through us. And so we give ourselves to you this afternoon. And as we go forth into this new week, would you help us to pray in simple and meaningful ways throughout this week? Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to check out more about Central, visit us at centralchurch.org.au. Music by Chris D'Souza, a beloved member of Central. Ha, ha, ha.